Welcome to the Bellevue Ministerial Assistant Leadership Podcast. My name is Jamie Otto, and this is Jason Pyre. Hello, everybody. Thanks for saying hi. Yeah. And we work with our ministerial assistants who are a part of our internship program here at Bellevue that's designed to raise up and send out prepared ministry leaders. And today we are excited to welcome back to the podcast Jeff Struker. And if you were if you heard him last time, you already know this. But if not, Jeff Struker is a pastor in Columbus, Georgia. He is a dad. Uh, husband, he's a grandfather, but also he is a former U.S. Army Ranger, and uh, we have had the opportunity to have Jeff with us at our church a couple of different times for him to share with us just what he is learning and what the Lord's taught him, and we are excited to have him back. And today, we're going to have a conversation about leadership and the difference in a born leader versus a developed leader. So we're going to be hearing from Jeff. We also have with us one of our wonderful ministerial assistants. This is Berkeley Freeman that is with us. So good to have you with us. Hello, hello. So good to be here. Yes, absolutely. So Jeff, we just want to jump right into this. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, it's great to be back with y'all. Absolutely. And so let's just jump in. Do you believe that leaders are born or are they developed? Yes. <laughs> That's my one-word answer to that question. I love this question. I mentioned it to the staff. We, When I have the chance to teach Christian leadership, I have an hour-long discussion, literally mm -hmm. an hour-long discussion on this, and I call it my born versus built discussion. Mm -hmm. And the question I typically ask is, leaders in general, do they come that way because the environment has shaped them that way? That's developed. Or did God build into them while they were in the womb something innate about them that causes them to lead? And if you look back at it, leaders in general, I think it's really fascinating to see some people from their earliest days apparently had some charisma, something mm. about their character that people recognized around them. Most leaders had something or things happen to them in life that put them in the leadership that they ended up being in. But when I have the chance to ask the question, the greatest leaders, mm. were the greatest leaders born that way or built that way? Almost everybody answers the question immediately. And mm. the answer is yes, they had them both. Mm. So I don't ever want to make leadership inaccessible saying, I wasn't born with that, so I can't lead, right? Mm. No, that's not necessarily the case. Mm. Hmm. I see. Yeah, so when what are some of those qualities that you see that somebody is born with versus those qualities that can more easily be developed or built over time? Yeah, a couple of them that come to mind, and I'm just giving you the first things that come to mind right now. One of them is vision. Mm. When we talk Christian leadership, though, I don't want to mistake the word vision with the way that the business world or maybe other industry leaders in other industries would approach it. Their idea of vision is a bold visionary that has this grand plan and can get a lot of people involved mm. in the grand plan. When we talk vision with Christian leaders, what we're really talking about is a God-inspired vision, mm. right? We're saying vision almost as a way of revelation. God reveals something to a king, or he reveals mm. something to Pharaoh, or he reveals something to a prophet, and then expects them to help others see what God has revealed to them and get others behind them. Hmm. So vision is first, I think. It's the first thing that comes to mind. But the second thing is really close on its heels, and it's passion. Hmm. Hmm. And this is a, a guy or a gal that is so passionate about something that people get, uh, they get infected by that passion, and they start to become passionate about it. And I think the 
the greatest leaders have the ability to transfer their passion to others and their passion becomes your passion. And before you even know it, you're passionate about something that you didn't know you'd be passionate about because mm -hmm. that leader is so passionate, they mm -hmm. got you passionate about it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Vision and passion. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah. We talk in some of our language here. We talk about things that some things we have to manufacture and then some of those things we have to kind of press down that we don't. And passion is one of those things that it's hard to manufacture passion for yeah. something. Mm. You, you yeah. get, it's got to be in you. Yeah. Mm. Very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very true. So when you guys, Berkeley or Jamie, either one, when you think about this idea of born leaders versus developed leaders, you've heard what Jeff has to say here, and that's really good insight. But from your perspectives of your stories, maybe even a little bit, how has this played out in your life, right? You're both in leadership roles in different kind of ways, but how does this play out in y'all's life? Hmm. I know for me, I have definitely in the past dealt with a lot of fear, a lot of fear of people and a lot of desire to want to please people. And so one thing to get over that is continuing to put myself in positions that is more scary for me so that I have to be relying on the Lord. I have mm -hmm. to be trusting that, all right, Lord, these are areas that I think are weaknesses in my life. I want to try to grow them. So it's just saying yes to those opportunities. I know in a speaker who came to Liberty one time, he talked about how whatever you want to do, like if you're getting opportunities, just constantly say yes. Even if you are nervous about it, even if it intimidates you, just say yes, put yourself out there and don't be afraid to fail. And I think it is those moments where I have failed or I have been super nervous about something that has developed me so much better and has taught me so much. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think for me personally, I'm reminded of maybe at times growing up or in middle school, high school, college, maybe when somebody kind of named a gifting or something that maybe I didn't see in myself or maybe was nervous about, like, I think this is maybe something that the Lord has wired me for. I think those things or maybe the, the born aspect of it, what you see other people kind of call out in you or, or notice in you. But I think then it becomes up to us, like, so what do you do with that? Are you, are you gonna, just like you said, Berkeley, take the opportunity to develop those things or not? And I remember there's a, I'm gonna butcher the quote exactly, but um, we just finished with our ministerial assistants, the book Spiritual Leadership by J. Oswald Sanders. And I think it's the very last chapter. He talks about how spiritual leadership is a calling. It's not just something that you, that you do. It is a calling that you choose every single day. And I think if you view it that way, then that totally changes changes the game. It changes the mission that you're on. It, that's a, a very focused vision is you're after. Um, it, this is a calling that I'm pursuing day after day. And if that's true, then yeah, there might be some innate abilities or there might be some God-given gifts. But if it's for the sake of his kingdom, then I want to develop those things. I want those to be used for his glory. So I probably butchered that quote, but that's what came to mind. <laughs> no, it makes sense though. Mm -hmm. I, I think it makes sense for sure. So Jeff, thinking back to your time in the military, can you think of times where you saw a new guy or a new girl come onto the team that you could tell right away they had it? Yes. I think I like to use this analogy. In every group of people, there's a leader. And sometimes if you observe them long enough, it doesn't take that long to figure out who the leader of the group is. They might not even know mm -hmm. they're the leader, but there's usually a leader in every room. I like to talk about the middle school locker room like, girls, boys, team, doesn't matter. In the middle school locker room, there's usually a leader and she might not even know she's the leader, but everybody else in the room pretty much knows. Mm. So I, I, I use this analogy. When stuff starts to go really bad and people are scared, they will all look to the leader and the leader may not be the one who on paper or has the title mm -hmm. of leader, but they're the person that everybody in the room looks to. Mm. 
sometimes in the military, on a mission, things are going really bad. The boss stands up and says, hey, everybody, here's what we're supposed to do. Here's what we're going to do next. Well, the leader is the person that everybody in the group looks at after that and mm -hmm. says, is that what we're going to do? And without trying to undermine the boss, maybe leading from the second chair, mm -hmm. they kind of silently nod their head and everybody says, okay, if they say that we're going to do mm -hmm. that, then we're going to do that. Maybe the boss has the authority. Maybe the boss has the, you know, the title, but this person really does mm -hmm. have the personal pull to lead everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that they were born with that. People just over time mm. saw this in them and started to trust them maybe more than the guy or the gal that has the title and has the, you know, the rank of leader. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question that comes to mind. So we do a lot here and I'm sure lots of other churches and organiza organizations do the same um, with personality assessments. And mm -hmm. so I think there are some personalities depending, I guess, on the type of test or, or whatever it is that show natural, this person may rise to a leadership position or this person has natural leadership abilities, whereas others don't necessarily note that, but that doesn't necessarily make them not a leader. Right. So I guess, could you speak to that when it comes to even just personalities too? Yeah. If I could just take a step back for a second, if you guys will indulge me and talk about what do we really mean by leadership? Hmm. And I think we often in the church and sometimes in America, we have this lofty definition hmm. or idea of leadership. And that, that idea is so lofty that the very notion of calling ourselves a leader, we would say, mm, I don't know that I'm that person because leaders have made the mm. mark of leadership mm -hmm. so high that very few people will ever achieve it. I'm trying to make leadership much more accessible. Mm. And I really believe leadership boils down to influencing somebody towards a desired outcome. Mm. Mm. And when I share that, I say, if you were to really think who is the single greatest influencer of another human being on the planet, it's not the president, mm -hmm. it's not a CEO of a corporation, it's a mom at home <laughs> with their children. Nobody will probably ever leave a bigger influence on another human being towards a desired outcome than mom will mm. on mm. her children. Mm. And I'm trying to tell students in the classroom, that's what leadership looks like. Mm. And maybe she was born with that, but chances are she stepped into that role when she became a mother and she figured it out as she went along. And yeah, she had other ladies that were, were helping her, Titus too, yeah. kind of things, but she just figured it out as she went along. So. If she, and I really do believe, mom is the greatest single leader on the planet. If she can lead, then I believe anybody can. Mm -hmm. And all of us should lead at some levels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's good. I don't think I answered your question, though. <laughs> I just kind of went, I took us on a hard right turn. Did well, that answer your question? It did, because I think that's what it's going towards, is I think when... I don't know, maybe I shouldn't speak so generally about people's thoughts, but <laughs> 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 maybe this is not true. But I think maybe looking at that, if you if you receive something back after taking a test or looking into how the Lord has wired you and it doesn't say naturally gifted leader yeah. or whatever may, may rise to a leadership position that can be really discouraging. But I think you did answer it because it really goes back to, well, well, what is leadership? What is that really right. defined by? Well, if I could just mention, so in scripture, you have this, a couple of these fascinating cases, Jeremiah built in the womb to mm. be a prophet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John the Baptist, while he's still in the room, is already announcing <laughs> the Messiah when Elizabeth hugs Mary, right? And then you have Paul with Timothy, and Paul says, look, people identified some things mm -hmm. in you as a young man, and I want you to develop those yeah. things mm -hmm. now. 
So, yeah, there's some clearly some examples of this, but then you have some really reluctant leaders that go on to just knock the ball out of the park. Mm. And maybe when they took the personality test, they didn't come up at the top of the charts of leadership. But over the course of life experiences, they learned how to lead and they knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So what do you think, what's more difficult? Somebody who just tries to lead based on what they think they instinctively have, what they're born with, is it more difficult with that person or with the person that has it, but they don't see their own potential? Yeah, Um, this is not a direct answer, but it really is my answer. The, the most challenging thing for me as a leader, and I think this may be true of most of the people that are listening to this podcast, is to be the leader that God built you to be mm-hmm. and called you to be and not try to be a leader like somebody else is mm-hmm. leading. So if God has used these experiences, if he's built me and created me in my mother's womb with this kind of nature and character, then I'm going to be the best leader that Jeff Struker can be, but mm-hmm. I am not going to try yeah. to be Billy Graham right. or mm-hmm. Steve Gaines. Mm-hmm. That's not what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be the best Jeff Struker that I can be. And if we can be honest, social media and sometimes the pressures mm-hmm. of ministry can force us to want to lead like somebody else. Don't do that. That's the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Be the leader mm-hmm. that God has created you and cultivated you to be. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So as a leader looking at your team, how do you best delegate responsibilities that are either catered to their strengths and even their weaknesses in order to challenge them, but also develop them? Thanks for asking (laughs) a super tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Berkeley. I just talked to the next gen guys yesterday and I told them, no question, toughest thing that a leader will ever do in developing a team is delegate. Mm -hmm. Because you have this delicate balance of giving away authority and allowing people to actually be able to lead, but then holding them uh, accountable at the same time. And I really view this as like walking a tightrope in one wrong step and we're going to crash to our death, but I got to give you authority or else you're not really able to lead. But by giving you too much authority and not holding you accountable, it's disastrous. So either way can go really wrong, really Mm. fast. Hmm. And there's like a sweet spot in the middle where a leader is allowing people on their team to have the authority, but at the same time holding them accountable Mm. and delegating well. And delegating well, it really is an art. It Mm. should be in the National Museum (laughs) of Art because the leaders that can do this well are amazing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Okay, so if I may ask a question. I've heard you say a couple of times since being here that the church deserves the greatest leaders on the planet. And so if we're talking about our leaders born or built, to use your language, um, are, are leaders born or built? And if the answer really is yes, I think there is a, a responsibility then. We can't help the gifts that we're born with. They're God-given, but we can help what we develop, what we mm-hmm. pursue. And so can you speak to maybe some things that you did as a developing leader early on that helped you grow, that really maybe some key things that helped you become the leader the Lord has you being today? If I could speak directly to some MAs right now, Mm -hmm. I would say to them, don't be Gideon. Hmm. Remember when the angel shows up and Gideon's just threshing wheat and Mm -hmm. the angel says to him, hey, this great warrior of God, it's great to meet you. And Gideon's looking around like, who are you talking (laughs) to? Because you can't possibly be talking to me. That's not me. 
the angel of the Lord knows something about Gideon that Gideon mm. doesn't know about mm. himself. And maybe Gideon has not taken the mm. time to figure this out about himself. Mm. Maybe others haven't affirmed this about Gideon, but he's so reluctant. You all know the story that yeah. he has to throw out the fleece and the fleece itself doesn't even work. It's only when the foreign army says we're about to be conquered <laughs> by Gideon that Gideon finally gets the courage to go fight. Mm. Mm. Um, so That's I, I right. want to say, don't be like Gideon. Don't don't drag your feet that long. If people are identifying, if people are affirming things in mm. you, then say, I didn't see this in me, but if others are, maybe yeah. I do have this, mm. and I'm going to turn this loose for the glory of God. I'm not going to mm. use it for my own selfish gain. Mm. I'm going to use it for the glory of God. And if God has given you some, and I really believe he has, all of us, he's given us gifts that we're mm -hmm. supposed to turn loose for the glory of God. Mm. If he's given you those gifts, then man, cultivate them, develop them, and turn them loose. Mm. And watch God be glorified mm. in mm. you using those gifts for his glory. Mm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready to re-up right yeah. now. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, raise oh, your right hand. Good. That's <laughs> right, that's right. So and it is great, even thinking about Gideon, an encouragement to everybody that's listening to this. Yes, you're right. Don't be a Gideon. On the other hand, how grateful we all are that the Lord gave Gideon time yeah. And, yeah. and continued mm -hmm. to show himself to Gideon over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And that's what he does with all of us as leaders and as believers. So he gives the opportunities. He is going to be with us. He shows himself time and time again. So, Jeff, man, thank mm -hmm. you so much for spending this time with us. We really are grateful. Jeff, it's been good to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks. Mm -hmm. yeah. We really do hope that all of you have enjoyed this conversation that we got to have with Jeff Struker on leaders. Are they built? Are they born? Maybe a little bit of both. We want to encourage you to continue the conversation in the days to come with your peers as you seek to become the leader God is calling you to be. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to being with you again soon.